Hey, it's me, Buford, and, uh, well, this episode was supposed to drop last night, but we've been having some scheduling difficulties. Things are going really great for us. Hillbillies in the holler, and we're all over the place, and Biggins have been on the road, and I've been on the road, and things have just been crazy, so we had a little bit of a delay, but here, at long last, is this week's episode. Enjoy! Live from downtown Boogertown, it's Three Hillbillies on a Couch, with your hosts, Boo Boo, Biggins, and Buford, three of the hillbillies in the holler. Y'all pull up a chair and set a spell. And welcome back to glorious downtown Boogertown. I'm Buford. And I'm Biggins. And Boo Boo is away on assignment this week. So this week is just two hillbillies on a couch, but... We've got an interesting story to talk about. We're going to be talking today about ghost hunting. Oh, yeah. So if you're scared of the dark, turn the lights on. And if you're real scared, I guess you might want to skip this episode. But <laughs> we're, uh, Biggins and I both have done some ghost hunting in the past. Um, and uh, not really sure what we believe about it or not, but it's kind of like snipe hunting. It's fun to go. <laughs> Biggins got to go do some... Uh, <coughs> Some uh, hunting, ghost hunting this weekend, didn't you? Oh, I did. I was, uh, well, I was coming back from a show that I had up near Washington, D.C., and uh, uh, some buddies of mine that, that do uh, Outlaw Paranormal, that's on the real TV and all that, they was doing an investigation, asked me to stop in there, and it was one of the greatest times I've had in forever. And that was in uh, St. Albans Sanatorium in yeah. Fairlawn, Virginia. Yep, right there at the college. It's, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it 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 went from a uh, uh, it was a site of a Indian massacre, and then after that, it was a boys' home that they built for like reform school boys and all that. And then it went all the way to an insane asylum and uh, different problem. You was drinking and stuff. They actually done the shock therapy on there. They have a room yeah. that was there for it and. The doctor practiced what it called, uh, where he can't handle kids or nothing. You, sh- I, he, uh, practiced sterilization. He went through all that and he done all that to him. And stuff. Well, that a, was bad. That seems like a pretty happy go lucky place. I can't imagine there being any paranormal activity <laughs> right? there. I mean, from an Indian massacre to electric <laughs> right? therapy. And- there was so many different things that if you, when you went through it, like, uh, in the boiler room, there's a ghost named Smokey down there. And I walk in, it was a man that had worked there at one time, and he would hide down there and smoke cigarettes. And you could actually smell cigarettes, and people would leave cigarettes on an iron pipe that was there. They left cigarettes out on an iron pipe wow. and stuff. They walked through there. So I left him one and told him he better smoke it. Them things are $6 a pack. Right now. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I quit smoking 25 years ago, and they were $2 a pack. And, and I haven't had one or wanted one since, but... I, just recently, I heard somebody buying a pack and the lady was like $6. I said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad I quit when I did. Heck, I don't uh, know. It was five years ago. We was up in New Jersey on the turnpike. Oh, and yeah. there was $10, $11 then. Yeah, in New York City, they're like yeah. that, too. It's crazy. I, I was assuming going you know, $7 <laughs> to $12 a pack for cigarettes. Here. Um, But anyway, I... Uh, um, I often wonder, you know, talking about like places like that, where if, you know, Stephen King's pet cemetery, the, the, the ground is spoiled. The ground is soured. Yeah. I, sometimes I just wonder if there's places where it's just, it's just, it ain't, 
it, it ain't a good place to be, you know? That's what, uh, uh, and, and, and no matter what you do or what happens, the, the place just has the stink of death on it. Yeah. They was, I asked a question kind of like that to the paranormal guys, and they was telling me about one they had just done in Alabama. It was a uh, uh, right outside of Scottsboro, Fort mm-hmm. Payne, Alabama, right there. Yeah. And they had went down there and done it. It was a Civil War battle site. And then after that, some people had settled there, and the guy killed his family that was in there. And then later on in the 60s, they said something else happened that went on to it. And it was just one thing after another, it seemed. And, and, and like you said, I wonder, is it attached to that property? Or is it, I mean, is just it... The whole place is just bad luck. Yeah, it's just bad or what? Well, it's kind of like the, the British comedian Eddie Izzard did a routine about about Salisbury Plain where uh, Stonehenge is. And he said, Salisbury Plain is a place that's very... <laughs> and he said, and that's where you build Stonehenge. You don't build Stonehenge somewhere that's like, that's where you build, you know, Trump Tower or whatever. But <laughs> so, you know, there are places I think that just have just they're just bad, bad ground, you know, and, and they need to be left alone. Um, it was neat. I really don't believe in motors and heights and stuff like that, you know. Uh, and I guess I'll have to see something that'll change my mind, but well, we had an absolute blast there. We did get a scare. <laughs> they was, I don't care how tough you're supposed to be. If you're in pitch black, complete total darkness, and you're standing there where this groundskeeper's supposed to kill the boys and stuff at, and all of a sudden you hear, boom, behind you, you're going to scratch off and get out of there. And if y'all want to see that, you can go to Outlaw Paranormal. Is that on Facebook uh, or the video? Yeah, they got uh, they got the TikTok and Facebook TikTok and YouTube. And, but it's at yeah. Outlaw Paranormal, yeah. all one word. But there's a video of Biggins and another fellow walking around a corner, and they hear a noise behind them and take off well, running and then and then you hear a boom as the other fellow tripped over a broom handle uh, it's awesome yeah that was my buddy Corey eugene that's great well i we're uh they're they're talking about all, all three of us me and boo boo and biggins going up there and, and doing our own investigation we've been talking about making a video uh ghost hunting video spoof video for a while and we may do that sometime in the future just keep watching at hillbillies in the holler on facebook and youtube and you might see that video there but um, I've done a few ghost investigations over the years, and I had a I went to a high school that was purported to be haunted. Uh, I think most high schools have got some kind of ghost story, but ours the story was that the man whose land it was that they built the school on, the government took it from him by eminent domain, and he was mm-hmm. mad about it, so he haunted the school. And the janitors would tell you some great stories about stuff that had happened and everything, but. Uh, uh, Sometimes you just wonder if it's just the janitor messing with kids, trying to get a scare out of them, you know? Oh, yeah. But I actually had an experience there myself. First of all, the, the high school was, a, was uh, the building was a circle. And all the classrooms were around the circle on the first floor and the second floor. And then in the middle of that circle was the gymnasium. So we had a big dome gym in the middle of the school. Oh, yeah. And... If you were on the basketball court, you were in this giant circle, uh, stone circle, with four entrances at the corners of the of the uh, basketball court. And um, I figured out that if I whispered down that curved wall, somebody at the opposite end of the room could hear it like I was right in their ear. <sighs> and, of course, I'm a ventriloquist, so I, <laughs> I just stand there and go, get out. <laughs> 
watch other students jump out of their skin. Of course, they look around and all they see is me 30 feet away, you know, just leaning against the wall. And it sounded like it was whispered right in your ear. So I might have done something to encourage that, that story. But uh, I was there one night. They had the big circle and then they had the annex wings coming off of it like spokes on a wheel. So there were these long, thin hallways shooting off of the circle. And my locker was halfway down one of those annexes on the second floor right above the uh, lunchroom. And uh, um, I was the stage manager for our school's production of Grease that year. And so um, we had done our performances during the day for the student body, and we were doing our evening performance so all the parents and community people could come and watch the show. So I was there. I, when school ended, everybody left, and I was there by myself doing stuff to get ready for the show. And I'm there alone. There's maybe been a janitor or two somewhere in the building, but nobody around me. And I remembered I'd left something in my locker I had to go get. So I had to go into the main building, go around the curve. And when you're walking around a curved hallway alone and there's nothing going on, you can hear footsteps ahead of you and behind you. They're your footsteps echoing yeah. in that weird circle, but it still freaks you out yeah. a little bit. So I get around to my hallway, and they had those panic doors with the electronic uh, <laughs> door stops that pull them open you well they had them turned off so they wouldn't stay open and it's pitch black in that hallway so i grabbed the trash can and pushed it over against the door and i start walking and i didn't get five feet and i hear shh behind me i turn looking the panic i mean the, the door is pushing the, uh. the trash can out of the way so i went back and i pushed the door open and i took the trash can and i wedged it up under the panic bar so it's stuck and then I walked down my locker and opened the locker, opened it up, got out whatever it was I needed, closed it back up, and I turned and I start to walk back towards that open door. And I saw that trash can pull itself out from under that panic bar and go seven feet across the hall just by itself. And the door started to close. And the worst part of it was I had to run at the thing I had just seen before I could get away from it because there wasn't no retreat behind me. It was the, absolutely one of the most terrifying things I've ever experienced in my life. Now, that was it. But Well, that, uh, that brings us to the end of our first segment. So we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, BigfootSearchGear.com. Do you walk through the forest with an eye open for the unknown? Do you believe that Bigfoot is out there somewhere? He may be hiding, but you don't have to. Let the world know you believe. Visit BigfootSearchGear.com for the largest collection of apparel and gifts for Bigfoot enthusiasts. Bigfoot t-shirts, hats, stickers, signs, and keychains, as well as Sasquatch hot sauce. It'll make you howl like a Yeti. Go to BigfootSearchGear.com and enter promo code HILLBILLIES at checkout for 10% off. Free shipping to anywhere in the U.S. on orders over $25. BigfootSearchGear.com And we're back. All right. So me and Biggins are talking about ghost hunting. Boo Boo couldn't be with us today. He's on assignment. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> Biggins and I were talking about ghost hunting, which both of us have a little bit of experience in. And well, you're just talking about the scariest thing that happened to you, being that 
mine was I'm in I'm in Alabama and I'm, I'm 16 years old and I'm over by this lake that is reported to be haunted. This lake is supposed to be as haunted as it can get. All these people have drowned in there and stuff. There was actually a thing toward one of the houses there. There were shots fired from the house toward the lake and the family was all killed in there. I had no shots found in the house, but all the firing was done down toward the lake. It's weird. And no shots fired back up at the house, but the family had been killed in there. And so you, you hear about this all the time, but I'm like, no problem. I got this. Except for one night, we've been over at my uncle's house, and all of a sudden we start telling all these ghost stories and everything else. We're going through them. Well, <laughs> I got to leave. And the only way for me to get home was go down this road, Aurora Lake Road, out there. And it's the middle of nowhere, pitch black, dark, and everything. The car that I'm in, I've just put the motor in. I got it running two days before. And it has been sitting outside under oak tree where I put the motor in it at. And, there, and all the little oak leaves was all up in there where the hood was off of it. Well, it gets a little cool. I'm driving down Arroyo Lake Road about 50 mile an hour, looking in every direction with the head on a swivel, and it's about 1 o'clock in the morning. I reached down, clicked the heat on, and when I did, what had happened was all of the little oak leaves went <laughs> and blowed off in my face. <laughs> I give that Mustang up. <laughs> I dove out. <laughs> hey. I thought I was had. I turned the flip inside the car. And I, uh, I thought I'd done been attacked by the boogers. That's then, that's awesome. Uh, Bill Cosby used to do a routine about driving half asleep. He said, I was driving down the road and a leaf flew in front of the window. I've been a cow. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> but to have a whole bunch of them come right out of the air vent right in your they face. They did. They flew right out. And just, you know, coming. It was stacked up in there with them where Carl been sitting there for a month, you know, while yeah. they working on it. And I did. When I turned that on, it blowed all of them right out in my face. And I thought the devil done had me. Oh, that that's, I was had out through that's there. funny. Um, well, uh, you, uh, this isn't really a ghost story as such. I think you told it on a previous episode, but I'd like you to tell it again because I think it's one of the funniest stories I ever heard. But the one about your daddy laying in wait in the cemetery to scare y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a ghost story. It was, uh, it was a Halloween night, and we lived way back out in the woods. There was an old Confederate cemetery. Oh, and, uh, oh, by the way, real quick, do y'all know how to tell the difference between a Confederate cemetery and a Union cemetery? Because I can tell you, and here in Tennessee, you need to know the difference because there's yeah. both. A Union cemetery has rounded tops on the um, gravestones, but a Confederate cemetery right. has pointed tops. The, the The stones all have a sharp point at the top, and the reason was they didn't want Yankees to sit on them. <laughs> That's true. I'm not making that up. But anyway, so yeah, the Confederate Cemetery. Yeah, we're in the Confederate Cemetery out there. Uh, let's say we lived out in the middle of nowhere. Well, my dad had went up there, and he parked down the road at a man's house, and he comes back, and Daddy had one of these old poncho, army poncho, and had a thing called the Screamer. You could mash it and go, real loud like that. And he had old 44 Magnum. So he was going to go down there and scare us. So, <laughs> my daddy gets down there and he's waiting on us to come by. And daddy told the story later. He said, I just got down there and laid down. And then I realized, 
I'm laying on top of a grave. I sat out here in the middle of the woods at about midnight. He said, Daddy said, I got up and just kind of eased over to the edge and stood there waiting on us. But my whole family is piled up in a truck, and my mom and my aunt is up front, and I was young, and I'm sitting up there with them. The rest of the kids are in the back and all. And my mom and my aunt knew what was going to happen. They, they set it up with him. And they're going through there, and Mama starts shutting the truck off, and then, you know, she turned it back, shut it off, turned it, and then just shuts it off like it's completely died. And we're all just sitting there in the middle of the road. It's just a little bit of moonlight coming through, you know, you can't barely you see shadows <clears> and stuff. <throat> and I hear my brother go, I think something's out there. You know, and about the time he said that, Daddy stepped out, hit that screamer, and fired about four shots up in the air. My entire family, including my mother, left me sitting there, and I'm a baby sitting there in it. I'm just a toddler running around, and they leave me sitting in the truck. <laughs> my aunt peed her pants, and she's the one that set the thing up for us to do. That's there. when you know it's yeah. a good one. Mama had to run back after her kids. She has done left in the, in the truck out there. Y'all scattered like roaches. Oh, we didn't find my brother till the next morning. <laughs> Willie was down there at the Pine Boy's house. He wasn't coming out for nothing or nobody. He doesn't call him a booger down there. Oh, that's and funny. That was that was scary. Now we got to talk about that real quick. Now Beggins just said booger, um, and uh, for those of you who are not from around here, uh, booger is it makes people laugh when we say it. And of course, we always tell you we're coming to you from glorious downtown Boogertown, which is, by the way, a real place. But booger is the Cherokee word for ghost. So it literally means ghost town. Yeah. But that ain't what it says on the sign. That ain't what it, it says on the sign. It says booger town. But <laughs> it's hard. when you live out here in booger town, it's hard to order anything from a catalog because the people can't hardly yeah. quit laughing while they're taking your order. But You live where? Where? <laughs> booger town. But yeah, so when he says booger, uh, there, we have a lot of different words for for paranormal activity up here. Boogers and haints and things. And spooks. Spooks and specters, yeah. We had, um, now we started uh, a while back this summer on the Redneck Comedy Bus Tour. We started a night tour that was supposed to be a ghost tour. It didn't take us very long to figure out that wasn't going to work. You know, well, it ain't even that. It's if you go to New Orleans and uh, you get into the the tourist attraction stuff and you see a walking ghost tour. Well, you can walk around downtown New Orleans and you can't swing a dead cat and not hit 12 places that have great ghost stories. Up here in Sevier County, we've got four. And they're 27 miles apart. One of them's 35 miles off in you know, another direction. <clears throat> if we spent all the time on the bus to get to all those places, we'd be on there seven hours, and, and all we'd be doing is right over there is where this is supposed to have happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there, there's nothing to see, and you ain't about to see nothing. But but we have some interesting stories, and one of the ones that I told on those quote-unquote ghost tours while we were running them was about uh, Spearfinger. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I Spearfinger is a Cherokee legend that's similar to a lot of other native tribes have got stories about skinwalkers. Yeah. Okay. Spearfinger was the Cherokee <coughs> skinwalker, basically. <clears throat> she's an old crone who you'd find out in the woods, and but she had a spearhead for her index finger on one hand. And so that's how you knew who it was. You'd see this old crone going on, but she had this big spearhead for a finger. And she could take any shape she wanted, be a raccoon or a coyote or whatever, but whatever shape she took still had that spear finger. 
Now, I did research on this and read stories, read things about it, but there weren't any stories. Like there wasn't ever a story like this happened and this happened and this guy went here and then he saw Spearfinger and blah, blah, blah. It was just, this is the tradition and that was it. So I really didn't have anything good to tell the people. So all I'd ever tell them is, I don't know any good stories, but I do know this. If I ever go to take my garbage out and I see a raccoon come out of my trash can with a spearhead as a finger... You better believe I'm going to be beating feet back to the house. <laughs> I, I ain't going to wait around to see what's going oh, on. standing out there slinging lead, brung a spear into a gunfight. What you did? That's right. You brought a spear finger to a gunfight. <laughs> We're going to whoop this girl. That's it. Uh, 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 but, I don't like yeah. thing. But, uh, and we had, uh, the, you know, the old story of the phantom hitchhiker about the driver picking up the hitchhiker and then bringing them back to their house. And, mm-hmm. and then later they find out that the person was dead here in Sevier County. We actually have a version of that story. Now I personally believe that story probably goes all the way back to Europe before we ever even got to this continent. <clears throat> but, but we have a, a version of the phantom hitchhiker here in Sevier County that dates back to 1900. And the story was this guy was going through the Roaring Fork community, which is on the north mm-hmm. side of Gatlinburg up there by um, the Museum of Salt and Pepper Shakers. Yeah. That area uh-huh. back up in there. <clears throat> and um, he uh, was was riding his horse through that area, and he saw this woman in a white dress barefoot walking down the road. And he pulled up to, next to her and said, honey, do you need help? And she said, will you give me a ride home? And he said, sure. And so he helped her up on the behind him on the horse. And she held on to him the whole way down the road. She introduced herself, said her name was Lucy. And they talked the whole way. And he just thought she was the sweetest thing he'd ever met. And he started to have some feelings. And he thought, you know, I think tomorrow I'm going to go back to her house and ask her parents for permission to court her. So he dropped her off at the house, let her down. She went in and he left. And the next day he came back and knocked on the door. And her parents came to the door and he told them what happened. And everyone wanted to court Lucy. And they looked at him like he was out of his mind. They said, baby... Lucy died three weeks ago. So now I don't know if that's true or not. And I don't know if that's the origin of the phantom uh, hitchhiker, but it's Sevier County's own version. And there's, there's printed copies of it going back to, uh, you know, over 120 years ago. So who knows? Well, my dad told two things that could have been paranormal. He swore by both of them. Daddy did. And Arizona one night, uh, you know, Daddy drove a truck 60 years. I was out there, and he come up to a railroad track and looked at it, and when he did, the man was standing out there with the red lantern, waving it back and forth. Daddy went up about a mile and a half, two miles, to the little truck stop, pulled in, told him, said, you need to get somebody out here. The train is down up there right around the curve. Or what? And they all laughed at Daddy. And told him they see that all the time. Said, that man's been dead forever. Said it was a... Uh, they come out and tried to run around the curve for the other train to see him waving the light, trip. When he did, the train killed him, run over him. He was trying to wow. save the people that was on the train out there. And then another thing he told would be like, a, we call it the white thing down there. Instead of Bigfoot or Sasquatch, it was a white thing. There it was that. And uh, it'd be 1940. Daddy said he was 10 year old. Him and my granddaddy and some others was walking to Altoona. And it was right at sundown and said it walked across the pasture and stepped over a three-strand barbed wire fence I opened it and kept walking and said it wasn't 50 yards out in front of him and done that and kept walking right straight on the cross. For those of y'all who don't know the height of a three-strand barbed wire fence, just think of a wrestling ring 
Andre the Giant used to step over the top of the third rope. Oh, yeah. That's how big we're talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Andre was huge. <laughs> well, we're going to take another quick break uh, for a word from our sponsor, coffeeandsugar.com. And today's episode is brought to you by coffeeandsugar.com. That's K-A-W-F-E-E-A-N-D-S-U-G-A-R, coffeeandsugar.com. Home of Granny's Hillbilly Coffee, some of the best coffee you'll ever drink. If you use promo code HOLLER at checkout, you'll save 15% off orders of $29 or more. Visit coffeeandsugar.com and tell them the Hillbillies in the Holler sent you. back yay <laughs> well uh so we're uh talking about uh ghosts and boogers and haints and uh and uh, ghost hunting i uh i've done a little bit of ghost hunting uh over the years and um they talk about you know one of the things that you're always looking for in um ghost hunting is evps which is electronic vo- voice phenomenon that's where you have a recorder going and you say, is there anybody there? And you wait and then you say, you know, give us a sign of your presence, whatever. And then later when you listen back to the recording, you hear back electronic voices coming in through there saying, yes, I'm here or whatever and responding to what you're saying. Well, uh, all the best paranormal investigators will tell you that you need to tag your audio. And what that means is, when something weird happens, like I set my cup down, oh, I, that was me setting my cup down. Yeah. You let yourself know later when you're reviewing, because yeah. you're going to do 12 hours of recording. You need to know, especially if it's seven different recorders <clears throat> doing 12 hours of recording, you're going to forget that you yeah. made that noise. And then you'll be like, what was that? We heard something, you know, and it was you setting your cup down. So a bunch of us went out one night, and I don't think we were supposed to be doing this, but we were in a... We were at an undisclosed location in inside of a national park. I won't say which one where, but it was a place that was purported to be haunted. And we just went in there and went ghost hunting and didn't ask for permission. And it was just two of us there at the time. And we were doing the, uh, an EVP session. We had a recorder going and we were talking. And we, I said, is everybody here? Blah, blah, blah. Back and forth. And all of a sudden, my stomach growled, which <laughs> the, there's a word for it. It's called borborygmy when your stomach makes a noise like that. So my stomach made this little noise like that. And then I said, that was my voice, my stomach, my stomach growled. So then three weeks later, we're reviewing all this audio and I pull this up and it's like, Hey hey man, what's that? Is everybody here? Blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, and we looked at each other with like huge wide eyes. And then you heard me go, that was my stomach growling. And I went, Oh, thank God. I thought the devil himself had showed up there. I thought the devil was there. It was just my stomach going, I want a ham sandwich. We need to go. Yeah, I'd like to find one that's supposed to be the spookiest places there is and go do it. Well, there are places like that. And we, and you, you know, Outlaw Paranormal. I go, I know the guys from the Knoxville Paranormal Detectives. We can get somebody to take us somewhere. But now you had a, uh, you had something happen this week up there at the sanatorium that we haven't talked talked about yet. <laughs> the, uh, there you had the, the the real big scare that you had. What, what was it you were telling me about earlier? <laughs> in the sanatorium with the where where we took off running. 
nothing before that. There was another. There was another story you told me about something that happened. That uh, how was it? Something big that that. Uh, that was the big thing that scared us right there. That went on. I tell you something that scared. I didn't tell you this, but this was crazy. This was absolutely crazy. We go down, and the guy there tells us, says, nobody ever investigates this. And you got it, you go, oh, it's completely to the bottom. Like you thought you was in the basement a while ago, there's another set of steps that goes off, and it's not very tall. It's barely tall if you're in there. There was, if you go in and you go to a room to the left, that was a barber shop they had in there. They got them haircut. To the right was the file place where they kept all the files and stuff at. Well, we go in there, and there's some chairs, so we pull the chairs up. I reach and grab, it looked like a, a dresser drawer, you know, about about a foot and a half tall, and one of the long ones, about two feet long. It was that dresser drawer. Well, I got it and turned it up sideways and set it in front of us right there. Now, we're in the dark. We just got them little dim lights is all you got. But I set it down on the concrete floor, put that EVP meter and the digital one and everything up right there, right there with it all together. Put it all on it. We're sitting there, and uh, Jimmy, of Outlaw Paranormal, sitting beside me, and his chair's on wheels. It's one of them rolling office chairs. He's sitting beside me. Now, we got one. All the lights are off. The only light there is is on that meter thing right there, and it's like a dim. And that much sure. dark, that little green light lights everybody's face up. You can see each other, and I'm still yeah. sitting there. We're sitting there, and Jimmy keeps saying, man, look, I'm telling you, I see a shadow or I feel a presence or something, but it's right over there beside that door. He said, it's fixing to get good. Something big's going to happen. And so we was asking all kind of stuff. He said, now I'm telling y'all, watch this. And he puts his feet down and he starts scooting that chair toward the door over there. And he's just sitting in a chair scooting. He gets 10 foot past us, all right? And all of a sudden... The EVP meter flies off, the digital one flies up there, and the dresser goes flipping out through there. Well, I jump up and hit my Bruce Lee pose. You know, I'm fixing to whoop something. Everybody so wants Kung Yeah, we fixed to be Kung Fu fighting. Well, everybody flips their flashlights on real quick and looks around. There was nothing but a piece of string laying on that floor. It was like that white nylon string. Yeah. I had put that dresser thing right, right beside it, right there. When Jimmy rolled across this, it wasn't tied to nothing on each end. It was laying on the floor. But when he rolled across, he got just right where that wheel caught the thing and picked it up. And when he got past this, it jerked that dress. You t I had to go get put on a clean pair of drawers. Now, I remember uh, what it was I wanted you to talk about. Uh, the concert you put on for the, the uh, Dearly oh, Departed. Y'all yeah. ain't going to believe this now. Yeah, right here. Now, this is worth listening to the whole episode for. Go, go, seriously, go to Outlaw Paranormal on their YouTube or TikTok or anything, and you can see this. Uh, a lady found out that I sang and stuff while, while we was there, the lady that's over it, and she said, I want you to go to the alcoholics wing. When I, and this was, I couldn't imagine me putting something like this if you looked at them. But she wanted me to go down there, and she said, when you go, sing Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. So I walked in there, and it's just a little room, and then off of that little room is four little bitty rooms. They have, and they would just stack people in this little room, and it was no bigger than a jail cell, concrete floor and walls with just a sink in the corner. And uh, we put that meter thing out. They put them out everywhere in there. They put all the meters out, and I started singing Ring of Fire, and them meters went to lighten up everywhere. 
I got done and they quit. And uh, Jimmy, one guy, he asked, he said, do y'all want Big to sing again? And the meters lit up. And I was like, oh, that's kind of scary, man. He's like, really, do y'all want Big to sing again? And the meters lit up. And they go back down. And then I started singing I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry by Hank Williams Sr. And when I did it, they pegged out sitting there. You know, they'd jump up and fall back down, jump up and fall back down and stuff. And when we got done, I told them, so I'm going to sing a gospel song just because I felt I needed to in there for them, you know. So I sang Beulah Land. When I started singing it, the meters went to the red and stayed there. And, uh, and wow. uh, it was just, it was amazing. They had one of them grid things out that's like a bunch of little red polka dot lights everywhere. Yeah. And we actually seen a shadow thing walking that, that went down the wall. That obstructed like, the lasers. Down, yeah, it obstructed the little laser dot. <laughs> and there was like, nobody there. down the wall and it, like it turned and went down the corner down there. Wow. Went to it. It was spooky stuff, man. It was. You get in there and it's, I don't care how tough you think you are. You get locked up in the sanitarium and you've done this and all that and it's so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. And then the bad part is it's a haunted house. They sell it as a haunted house in, in October and stuff. Yeah. So there's one room that I didn't know about. They got all the props in. <laughs> yeah. So I swing the door open and there's a the booger man going, Bleh, like that. Yeah. And I, <laughs> Yeah. Ah, everybody I, was kung yeah. fu fighting. Yeah, I tell you, they charge $150 for one of them mannequins. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, now that you broke one, you know. Well, yeah, a buddy of ours that worked at a liquor store years ago said that they had that statue of uh, of Jack Daniels that they put up as a display. Uh -huh. He said it was up in the attic. They weren't using it. And he said we'd go up there to get liquor that was stored up there. And he said some smart aleck would move it and put it right in front of the, the elevator door. So when the elevator door opened, there's Jack Daniels. Like, ah! <laughs> That's it. You going down, whiskey man. Uh, well, listen, folks, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we enjoy being with you. Be sure and follow us at Moonshiner's Life for Biggins, at Meet Buford mm -hmm. uh, for me, and at Hillbillies in the Holler for all of us. That's right. Uh, be sure and give us a review on Apple Podcast if you're using that uh, app. Those uh, That's how other people find the podcast, so let them know about it. Share this on Facebook and uh, let your friends know about us. Tell people so we can grow this thing and get it big. Uh, keep listening. We're going to do some more episodes. And uh, this one was just a little bit late. We had some scheduling issues, but we got everything worked out. So thank you so much for being with us. In the meantime, I'm Buford. And I'm begging. Boo-boo's on assignment. <laughs> Y'all be good to each other. You've been listening to Three Hillbillies on a Couch, live from downtown Boogertown. You can follow us on social media at Hillbillies in the Holler, at Moonshiner's Life, and at Meet Buford. Y'all come back now.